Strom builds the most comfortable call you'll ever make. Well, hello. Thank you for hanging out. It's your morning ritual with me, Gary Lewis, KNST AM 792 Sons, most stimulating talk. Let's just get right to uh, Carrie Lake, who is running for governor, and um, uh, she's willing to uh, be on this show, unlike uh, her opponent, who is unwilling to be on a stage with her. And, and and you're a very nice person, but look, it was a calculated risk, right, Carrie? You know, her people are like, they're like, I, I think it's, I think it'd be worse for our campaign to get our butts kicked and embarrassed by Carrie Lake on stage uh, than to just get trashed for a couple weeks in the uh, far left media. That's what I think it is. Uh, you know, it, it, they, they must not have confidence in her at all. If I were, if it were happening to me and my staff said, do not go on that debate stage. And they were willing to let me go through weeks of, you know, national ridicule. Even the Democrats are turning on her. It would make me realize that my staff didn't have any faith in me <laughs> and didn't have any confidence in what I could do in my ability. So she must be looking around going, wow, nobody has confidence in me. Um, and, and that's why I can't go on that stage. It's bad. It's that really bad. It, it does. It does. <laughs> and I have a feeling, and look, you're, unlike her, your staff doesn't quit on you. But if your staff actually told you that, I think you'd have some words with your staff. So that's just that's just what I can what I can well, imagine. You know what? To be honest, yeah. If I didn't have the ability myself to say, "Hey, I'm going on stage. I'm going to defend my policies because the people want me to and need me to." This is a job interview. If I didn't have the ability to um, speak publicly, defend my policies, then I wouldn't be running. Sure. This is a 2022. This is how things are done. You have to be able to apply for the job, show up for the job interview, and talk to the people and defend your positions. And if you can't do that, you know, you, you shouldn't be running. That's what it's, it's really that simple. Um, I'm, th- I'm hoping people start noticing that. But before we get to, to more on that and, uh, and, and Tucker and what's going on here in Tucson and everything else, um, this news this morning, and I know, listen, you're right, and you said it to Tucker again. It's like, everything you said yesterday, I knew, and we know because we've had you on the show, we've asked you questions, we actually ask you policy questions, um, but it seemed like it was new to Tucker. He should have had you on earlier, but it is what it is. Um, but the illegals, I know you're you're against just dumping them and putting them places because you want to just stop them, which is the right thing to do. But you got to admit, it's pretty damn funny. Uh, just when you thought Ron DeSantis couldn't get one up. Greg Abbott goes and dumps a bunch of illegals at Kamala's front freaking door. I mean, just what, what, what's your reaction to that right there? You know, I, I'm going to give these guys credit. And, and I, love, I love Governor DeSantis. I think that was smart and funny of Abbott. So I'm not, I'm not that critical of the policy because otherwise they're staying in, in you know, Texas or Florida or here in Arizona. And, and I think even Ducey has done this as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not like 100% opposed to it, but I just feel like we got to stop people from coming in. And that makes us, we're kind of part of moving people around, which is, you know, human trafficking. Um, But I do enjoy watching these blue cities who talk the talk and talk about how we need to keep, let everybody in and all the stuff they say. And then when they're faced with the real problem of having an over- abundance of people that shouldn't be there right there by their home or in their city and they don't know what to do about it it really illustrates to them what we're dealing with so i in that in that way i do like it uh, i wish we could just take the buses take them right to the border and have everybody get off at the border yeah no I, i'm with you 
Um, but I, listen, I'm nothing but, but a it shot. is funny. I it mean, is to, funny. To, to Senator Kamala's house, I mean, that is actually hilarious because she just went on the air a few days ago and said there's no problem at the border. <laughs> yeah. Can and I, even the, yeah, yeah. I, 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 even I, the, the Democrat didn't believe her. Even the Democrat, the liberal that was interviewing her was kind of like incredulous in the way he responded. Yes, I'm, I'm actually, throw me up over there, Chris. I want to play Kamala, and then I want to play for you this this uh, Venezuelan illegal who was asked if the border's open by Griff Jenkins of Fox. Hang on, first, here's Kamala. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border's secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. So you have that, you have that, right? And now, all of a sudden, you have this guy from Venezuela. Listen, listen to this. Everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in. Yes. Free. It's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes, illegally. That's true. Because we sit on the news that everybody coming illegally. So we are should do the same. Now, I, I, I want to laugh, yeah. but I don't want to laugh because we have such a problem. But... You have these so-called borders are, and she's a joke, and we know it. We know why they're doing this here. We want to cause chaos and get new Democratic voters. But you literally have an illegal that's dumped at Kamala's doorstep who is saying, we see it on the news. We're here illegally. Borders wide open. And the so-called borders are said, no, it's closed. I mean, the Republicans should light the Democrats up from now until Election Day about this. Yeah, they should. I mean, I got a question, though. When I hear Kamala talk like that, I think, how on earth are the Democrats out there buying this? I mean, deep down somewhere in the heart of hearts, they have to realize this is we're being scammed. Our government's part of the problem. Uh, Joe and Kamala are incompetent. I mean, surely our friends who are Democrats are seeing that this for what it is, right? Are there I any hope. Democrats who listen to your show that we could, like, ask? <laughs> I ask every day for them to call in. Every day. I mean, we're... We're in Commieville. There have to be Democrats and socialists that listen, right? And there has to be. And yet they, they can't they, they, they can't defend this. They just can't. They can't. And and I you know, even even when you see Chuck Todd, who is one of the most radical leftist people in the media, looking at Kamala, I mean you could even see it in his face like serious, how we, how am I supposed to peddle this? Because he's been peddling her propaganda for a long time. He's even looking at her like, give me something to work with. I can't even make this work. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe this is just going to wake up more people. I really certainly hope so. Because um, there's a huge crisis. We know it. We live it. You see it every day. I do as well. I would like to extend the offer to Kamala Harris to come down to Arizona, and I'll take her to the border, and we'll show her what's going on. Oh. We'll show her exactly what's going on. You know, can we talk about your... She hasn't been to the border yet. No. Well, no, and especially down here in Arizona either. Even in Texas, she kind of got close but didn't really. She doesn't care. They don't care. Like, and that's what the American people need to realize. You're getting lied to. You're getting used. They don't care. They're pawning this off on you. I mean, look at how mad these liberals got in, in Martha's Vineyard. DeSantis just dumped them here. Yet we said, I mean, going back to when Biden got in the White House illegally, that all of a sudden he's dumping illegals in the middle of the night all over different cities and states and not telling anybody he's doing it. But now it's a problem. Right, exactly. And, you know, and here's the big problem for Arizona. Katie Hobbs, who, who won't talk about this stuff because she can't defend it. I mean, she's, actually, she will try probably, but she can't defend it because she's been up to the same stuff when she was in the legislature. 
You know, she actually voted against funding a border wall. She was opposed even a virtual border wall. She was opposed to illegals who committed crime having to serve the jail time. She was against urging the Congress to pay for the cost of protecting our border. You know, all the costs that we incur, we wanted to ask Congress to reimburse us. And she was opposed to that. I mean, this is the kind of person who's running for governor against me in Arizona. And, and we cannot have her in that governor's office. This is the reason I'm running, Garrett, because when I first looked at the landscape of who was running, I saw that we had a full-on socialist running on the Democrat ticket. And that's why I jumped into the race, because I knew we needed somebody who could win and then get us past the finish line. So we've got to spread the word to our friends. And our neighbors, even those who aren't really with us on everything, how dangerous Hobbs will be when it comes to our border. We will never have a secure border. She won't even try. Well, so so on that note, and this is Carrie Lake on KNST uh, running for governor here. Um, and I, I think the Republican Governor Association is putting millions in, right? They're putting, they're getting these ads. The ad they put out going after Katie Hobbs, I thought was pretty lame and boring. I mean, it's the same old generic stuff. And, you know... It, it, it's it's created by the same old generic Republicans, which are the Republicans pre-Trump, right? And and then there's yeah. Trump. What, and then there's, what ad are you talking about? I'm talking about the one when uh, they said, you know, it was a mom from Gilbert, and she said that everything's getting more expensive. And it's, you know, voice guy said, and Katie Hobbs wanted to increase gas taxes and monitor your mileage, which is all valid stuff. But it just, it's kind of white noise-ish, right? And I'm thinking... Yeah. You know, it, it's it's just generic stuff, and they're missing the boat here. I don't know... The money they're putting in, I don't know if you can influence it or not, but the reason that, you know, there's this big energy to get you elected is because of you. It's not even because Katie Hobbs is so bad. It's just the fighting that you've done, the policies you have, the connecting you make. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm envisioning you standing next to a TV screen where you, you, you just watch the ad of this illegal go, yeah, it's wide open the border. We come here because of the news every day. And you say, I'm going to secure the border. You say exactly what you told Tucker Carlson that you said on this show. You know, first day, I'm declaring an invasion. Article 1, you know, uh, you know, uh, Section 10. We're yeah. going to do it. Like, to me, you're likable in that aspect. You can't, you can't manufacture it. You just are likable. So, I, you know, is there any, any way to just, you want to talk about getting your message out? You are the messenger, <laughs> not, not some generic voice guy. I'm, I, you know what? I just wrote all that down because I'm in the, in the process of putting some of my ads together, and I, I do a lot of it myself. Um, you know, I think with the RGA's ads, they do a lot of research into what, what are independents thinking? What mm-hmm. are people who might not even consider voting Republican thinking? Because that's what we're dealing with right now. We have the Republicans voting for us. We have America First voting for us. We're, we're aiming to get those undecideds in the middle. And, and pull off a few people who are Democrat. I mean, I think the Democrats are fleeing the Democrat Party in, in record numbers. But we're looking for people who might not like me, but really can't afford Joe Biden's world. Because if you can't afford Joe Biden's economy, you're going to have a really hard time in Joe Biden and Katie Hobbs' economy. Oh, and I, I get that. And so I, I yeah. think they're, yeah, I know, they're maybe not as exciting as you want. I don't, I don't you know, have anything to do with what they're putting on the air. Yeah. I know they do a lot of research, but I like what you just said. I'm going to write that down for one of my ideas. Well, there you go. Whatever if you I can see do. it, I'll yeah. give you. It, you'll see it. It'll pop up on TV, and you go, "That was my idea." <laughs> well, again, that's you know. Look, I know I'm biased here. I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to know your family. I, I actually ask you about your policies. I'm like, this is like dynamite. 
And I think that there are people that have only seen the negative attack ads on you from your uh, your primary and and the insane, yeah. stupid ones put up by the Democrats and Hobbs. And if they actually see you like you're you're a you're a very likable person um, and and, you know, you have the message Again, I've said this, look, I feel bad saying this. This is so weird, but we get excited about Trump, get excited about DeSantis. I think you are the best political candidate that has ever actually, uh, well, that has ever, you know, gotten into politics. Like, you have that, you have wow. the, the Trump, I'm telling you, you got you you got the, the, the fighter in Trump and the smoothness of DeSantis mixed in together. And it's you. And it, you don't need anybody else's help. It's just you. So, I mean, we you saw it again on Tucker. Well, Go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I just got a little uh, goosebumps when you said that. Thank yeah, you. Um, right. I was actually nervous on Tom, on, Trump, on Tucker last night. <laughs> I was nervous that I might say something that I might, you know, screw up because it's the first time on Tucker is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it went okay. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, I think what it is is God gave me uh, a, an amazing career, and I was able to take those communication skills, my ability to communicate with people, but more importantly, my love for people. Mm-hmm. They don't put that out in, in the media. They act like I'm a monster, but I truly love people, and it pains me as a, as a human being, as a mother, as a citizen to see what's happening to the people. And I think I told you this last time I was on. I, I was driving down to an event or a, a, in a meeting, and I saw a woman. She was elderly, you know, sleeping in a parking lot on the pavement. It was early morning, and she was just kind of waking up, and, I, and it just – and I'm thinking, wow – our, our political people are so horrible. I don't even want to call them leaders. They're just bad. A lot of them are bad people. Sending money to Ukraine by the billions, tens of billions, and we are suffering here. What we're seeing here with the fentanyl pouring in, Garrett, is it's like um, a repeat of the opium war. Yeah. I mean, they brought down a dynasty by poisoning people with drug addiction. And they're trying to bring down America with that. And for us to sit here and not do anything about it and not stand up and fight, I don't know if I'm a great fighter, but I'm watching our country go to hell in a handbasket, and I'm thinking, how can we save Arizona? How can we save Arizona? And so maybe I've just got inspired by the moment we're in, and I think there's a lot of people just like me that are in our movement saying we've got to do everything we can. We're in the final moments or we're going to lose this country. And so I'm, I'm, I agree with you on what you just said about the ads. I'm glad we have this conversation because I'm actually in the process of putting together some ads right now. So maybe we'll switch things up a bit. I'm just telling you from what people tell me is that all they see are the negative ones. And I don't really watch a lot of TV, so I don't see any of them. Um, but they see the negative ones. And when I tell them, when they ask me questions about you and that you think she's legit, is she real? Is it, I said, do you ever, you know what she's going to do with water? Do you know what she's going to do with a homeless problem? I mean, these are, and these are the things that really emotionally hit people, like you say, because they see it and feel it and deal with it every day. And, and when they, mm-hmm. they, they hear your plan about the, the board, wow, she wants to, an immigration court? What is she, she's going to put National Guard, she's going to build the, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I just think once people that have not seen you, because, I wish more would listen to this station and this show, but not everybody does. <laughs> Once they see you, it's like, oh, this just makes sense. I mean, you've motivated a whole bunch of uh, mama bears that have never had any interest in politics to get involved. Yep. So, and when mamas, mama bears get involved, you know stuff gets done. Yep. They might be mad to have to get up and do it, but we're going to do it. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting to watch people criticizing from the sidelines. Well, is that going to work? And what about that plan? And, that's, you know, you know, Katie Hobbs criticizing my plan to tackle the homeless crisis. 
so that we can restore, most importantly, restore quality of life for the hardworking people who are doing the right thing. And I think sometimes when I hear these people who are just being so critical, what are you doing? What are you doing to help? It's really easy to criticize from the sideline. Have you made any sacrifices? Have you stepped up? Have you been willing to walk away? Maybe from a job, have you been willing to step into the political arena? Have you been willing to get involved to make our, I don't know that everything I, I say will work. We're, we're, we're working on it. I have great policy. We have great people helping. And we're going to work like hell to make sure this stuff comes to fruition. Yep. Will we have missteps along the way? Most likely, yes. And I'm sure the media will you know, seize on everything that we do wrong. But we can't just sit back afraid of being criticized and do nothing. That's kind of where what got us into this place. So I'm willing to step up, and I'm, um, you know, I'm going to get the word out. And we're trying to get people and talk to people who weren't political. We have people voting for the first time ever. I know that's hard to imagine, as crazy as the world's been, that somebody would have not voted until now. But you know, people sit back and kind of think other people will do the voting. Um, and I'm really excited about the young people we have. Young people are really involved. They realize that politics affects their lives, especially during COVID. And if they don't get involved from a young age, I'm talking 18 years old or younger, you know, you can always knock doors at a younger age, then somebody else is going to chart the course for their future. And it might not be a future they like. So I, I love the fact that we have young people and we're just out trying to find people who maybe weren't with us at the beginning. I'm reaching out to the people who voted for my opponents and we're bringing them along. And I've even had a few MAGA people and America First people say, why are you reaching out to them? Are you selling us out? And I say, no, I can't win on just MAGA votes alone. Mm -hmm. I'm MAGA right to my core. I've got MAGA in my bone marrow. That's right. I'm an America First candidate, but we need to pull people together to win. And we need to pull people together to accomplish what we want to accomplish. That's what I'm saying. When people finally, uh, it's amazing they haven't seen you for the first time. Or if they do, or the real you, it'd be, it'd be a world of difference. Can you hang on for just a couple of minutes, Carrie? I've got to ask you just a couple of more things. Yeah. I know we're in short on time. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll continue with Carrie Lake. got to ask her about Tucson uh, pushing illegal gun control. Again, uh, the illegals in camo sliding down a tin wall in Naco. What the hell is that about? And, uh, and, and the Arizona Republic, too. That's just insane, the questions they had for Carrie. Uh, don't go anywhere. It is KNST. All right, uh, let's continue with uh, Carrie Lake. Carrie, thank you for waiting. I appreciate your patience. Um, uh, by the way, real real quick, I just have to. This is so weird for me to ask, but it's just everything happens so so quickly. Like you've like, like you, you made that video. I know, but it, it's just more on me. I've never thought I'd ask these things, but I, I just and people ask me all the time. I mean, do you realize what you've done? Do you realize how good it is? Like I know you have President Trump's big deal. He endorsed you. Not not say you don't need. But you don't you don't need. Like this is you now. People are glomming onto you. Do you realize this? And you could say no. I know you're lying. It's okay. Are, are you asking me? Um, what do you mean? Do I realize what I've like, done? Like, like it, the, the like, fact that we're running. That, that you're like the biggest candidate in the world right now. <laughs> no, I don't realize that. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm really just focusing on Arizona. Um, you know, I, I know I'm getting people who are reaching out to me from all over, even outside the country. Yeah. And saying, you're inspiring me, you're inspiring me. And oh my gosh, if I can inspire one person to get up and do something that makes a, a bigger difference, then that's, that's just amazing. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I don't want to get emotional on you, but 
you know, we're, we're at this point where I think it was Rush who said um, courage is contagious, mm-hmm. and I have seen that. I, I think what's happening is a bit of a miracle, and I wish that we had some honest media. You are honest media. Um, that would cover it. I mean, the fact that a regular person such as myself can step forward and run for office. Now, granted, I had a career where I had name ID that was, you know, 85% of the state knew who I was. And now it's, I think, 95% or maybe more. Um, You know, I had to have that in order to be a regular person to step up and run. But it's really hard for a regular person to step up and run for office, especially at a statewide level. And it's a miracle what we did. We were, it was truly David Goliath moment. We were up against a behemoth with money and the powerful consultants, and we, and we beat that. We beat a machine, a political machine, which had been entrenched for decades here. That's huge in politics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I realize that when somebody who is very political, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've gotten to know a few people down at the Capitol, and, and they're like, do you realize how big this is, what you've accomplished? And when they say it, I, I go, wow, you're right. This was big. It's, it's huge. This was big. No, not We're, to freak you out. But we haven't yeah. even gotten going. We, have, we, we haven't won yet, and I believe we will. And when, when it's really going to be huge is when we get into office and start finally putting forth solutions to our problems. Because we've always had these political beasts running, and all they cared about, for the most part, many of them, was advancing their political career. I don't have political ambitions I just am, I want to just do the right thing. And when you don't have all those political ambitions, you're making choices and decisions based on what is the right thing. So let's talk about doing the right thing, right? We get stuck down here in crazy Tucson, where it is several times the city I was of Tucson. There. Yeah, you, so you were just, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, you were here last week. Um, and I was and, here, I was here two, there two nights ago. I came back in town. I didn't call you. Sorry, but I was there two nights ago. <laughs> Damn it. And it, it I've, I'm sad for the people of Tucson yes, that the bad. city isn't doing better. It, it, it's and you they drive in. There's you driving. You see homeless people. You have potholes. You have empty buildings everywhere. And now they want to try, try to take our guns away. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's sick. Okay, so here's my thought because I drove in the other day and I <clears throat> I do a lot of reflecting sometimes when I'm not on my phone and I just looking out the window driving through Arizona. We're driving in on Grant, and it was like a zombie apocalypse. Yep. I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, it was bad. These are drugged out people, many of them probably deranged from the damage the drugs have done, and, and it's like a wasteland. And I, I had to use the bathroom. We'd, we'd driven for two hours. I had a big iced tea on the way down, and, we're try- and I'm thinking, no, I know I can't get into that circle, K, because mm-hmm. last time we tried, they closed their bathroom because of the problem. They don't even let people use the bathroom. And we're, like, driving, 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 and we finally get to a place that's a little bit outside where it's, it's a little less sketchy, and I go into a restaurant. I'm not going to name what it is, and I, you know, Jeff goes to order something because I don't want to just go use the bathroom. <clears throat> I walk around to use the bathroom, and have you ever seen that, like, stupor that people are in when they are on a serious um, heroin or fentanyl high where they're just, like, they're kind of bent over at the waist? Yep. Have you ever seen that? We see it, unfortunately, every week I walk around here. the restaurant. Ha- heading to the bathroom and there's somebody in the middle of the restaurant like that. And I just, it was, it was so horrifying to watch. And that's when I realized this is an absolute war from China and these globalists on America. They want to destroy our young people. This person was probably 22 years old at that. They're trying to destroy our young people 
and we have to stop it. It's like the opium wards. I mean, I, I use that. You have to look, go back and look at history and see what that's about. But like I said, they brought down dynasties with drug addiction. This is, well, okay, so this is two things here. Then I, I need to ask this, and we're shorting, running short on time. And, and uh, I mean, I'll keep you as long as, as oh. you want, but, um, you know, okay, so you drive into Tucson. First off, let's, go, let's stick with the gun things. We'll get back on the drug stuff. The, the fact that they are thinking about superseding the state law. State law in Arizona says you can't have any gun control laws that are more strict than state laws. And now all of a sudden, right. the city of Tucson is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to go with what Biden did because the federal law supersedes the state. And I'm like, here we go again. So your governor, Kerry Lake, uh, Ducey just ignored the problem. We got smoked down here. Um, how do you handle this situation when, when all of a sudden Tucson and Regina and crew think they can just run, you know, <laughs> you know, run train on us? Go ahead. Well, you know, this is obviously, um, this is their way of trying to take guns from, from law-abiding citizens, but they don't want to take criminals off the street. And, and you know, they're, getting, they're trying to push this through the judiciary. Arizona is a Second Amendment sanctuary state. We will go to battle every way we can with that mayor you have down there. I am, after being in Tucson many times, and what I was trying to get at with that story, which I kind of was a long story, is... They're doing wrong by the people, to the people of Tucson. We as a state put hundreds of, you know, we put tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars invested in one of the top-notch universities in the country, University of Arizona, and the surrounding areas, the city that it resides in, is being run by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or doesn't care. It's one step above third world in some parts, and it's not right. It's not right how the people are being abused by that kind of uh, lack of leadership. Uh, if she thinks she's going to get a, a, away with taking away Tucsonians' um, Second Amendment rights, she's going to have a real hard time with Governor Kerry Lake because we will go to battle with the city of Tucson, and we will take money away from the city of Tucson. We, you know, the only thing that motivates Democrats is money, Democrat you know, city leaders, and we'll, we'll take money away from them, and, and they'll learn the hard way and quickly that you don't do that. You don't take unless basic rights away from the citizens, especially when the police are underfunded, crime is on the rise, you have the right to defend yourself and your family, and we're not going to let this leftist take that away. Um, well, and that's, we want somebody to fight for us. That's what we want. Now, when it comes to the drugs, I don't know if you saw that video, Bill Malugin shot in a crew of Fox News of Inaco, Tucson Sector Border Patrol. Inaco, you had a bunch of illegals in camo climb not over the Trump wall, but over some tin wall and scale down and run straight in Arizona free. And what, there's a guy who was on the top of this tin fence who told Bill Malugin and crew, yeah, I'm a smuggler. I do this every day. Every day. People smuggle oh. right in. And yet I see no reaction from Governor Ducey. If all of a sudden you see this, um, I, you know, I know you have a border plan, but I mean, what do you do? These, the, they don't care. They just send people right through in camouflage. Who knows who these people are, what they are, what they're doing. Yeah. And they go right through. So what, what's your reaction to that? Well, and, and Ben Burkwam was doing some great reporting. He's down there, and there's some nonprofits, NGOs that are taking money from, by the way, Pima County, and operating on the border, providing water and all sorts of resources. And you know who's really drinking the water are the drug smugglers. Mm -hmm. They're providing, they're aiding and abetting these um, smugglers. I don't look at that as a drug smuggler. Someone bringing across fentanyl is transporting a weapon of mass destruction. We know that this drug has killed over 100,000. That's the latest stats we've got. Um, the stats are going to be much higher. 
And, you know, President Trump talks about it. These people who are dealing drugs, they're not, they're destroying, on average, one drug dealer is responsible for 500 lives, destroying 500 lives. And then you think of the collateral damage beyond that, the children. We need to look at really strengthening our laws to go after this. We want to start treating people as terrorists because this is terror that they're uh, inflicting on our country. And once we get tougher laws, then we can go at them in a harder manner. Um, but we need to have the reinforcements on, on the border. And I'm going to have to go to the legislature. I'm going to have to ask for more money to prioritize the border. And the reason I need the people of Arizona to be on board with it is because if we don't secure that border, how do we deal then with the drug problem? How do we deal with homeless? If we are trying to get people off of the drugs and we have a, a massive supply coming in day after day, it's almost a futile effort. So we really have to secure that border. And we'll put, we'll put men on the ground, boots on the ground, and make sure we get this done. It's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to work tirelessly. Um, last one for me, and I'm assuming you're, that's why you're having a press conference today with Abe Hamaday, who uh, I've been touting for a long time to be attorney general. I mean, it's almost like you're going to have a, a, just, just a great thing with great conservatives and legislature as long as everybody wins, that they're supposed to win. And you have Abe and you, and we're finally going to go after criminals and prosecute and have tough laws, and yeah. it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, now, when it comes... Got to get Abe elected. Got to get yes. him elected. All of the Republicans across the board. Yep, you're right. Um, so now, really quick, and I know I'm keeping you along... Uh, I want to play a soundbite of you. So you sit back and listen to you really quick. Number 136, Chris. Uh, this is Somehow this is controversial because you just said all this stuff. I'm assuming you give this information or your staff does to the Arizona Republic. More on in a second. Hang on. Listen. The media, the media might have a field day with this one, but I'm going to just repeat something President Trump said a long time ago, and it got him in a lot of trouble. They are bringing drugs. They are bringing crime and they are rapists, and that's who's coming across our border. That's a fact. It can't be denied. There was a big record fentanyl bust two weeks ago in Tucson, $4.3 million worth mm-hmm. of fentanyl to kill 43 million Americans. Right? Uh, Bill Malusian tweeted yesterday about a, a convicted child molester that was arrested crossing the border illegally. I mean, how much more can you do? Yet, your campaign got a message, uh, uh, an email, I guess, from an Arizona Republic reporter saying, can you provide evidence to support Kerry's claims that they are bringing drugs, they are bringing crime, and they are rapists? And that's who's coming across the border. They literally, I mean, can't they do a Google search? Shouldn't they be fired for this by now? How about, how about be a journalist? You're talking about this propagandist who's been in Arizona for one year and thinks she knows everything about it. Um, I remember when I was a journalist, if somebody said something I didn't agree with, because she obviously doesn't agree with me, <clears throat> I would do the research. I'd start digging around. Well, are they? Are, are, racist, are, are rapists coming over? Are murderers coming over? Let me dig around and find out. Go to the uh, cu- uh, Customs and Border Patrol website, and that's where I am right now. I'm looking at it, and yes, indeed, as a matter of fact, five times as many crim- people coming over have had criminal records. These are the people that we know of, that we've processed, than when President Trump was in office. Five times more. 10,763 people with criminal records came over in, in, in uh, fiscal year 21. And she asked about the rapist. Um, nearly 500 had, or were rapists or had other sexual assault offenses. Nearly 500. Doesn't take a lot of, of time, but she's just trying to be smart mm-hmm. and trying to write a hit piece. And I'm telling you, our biggest paper, The Republic, is nothing more than a propagandist 
rag and a leftist rag, and I don't know who would read that garbage. It's embarrassing. I was actually, when my, uh, my team said, can you believe this? They showed me the email. I said, we have to put that on Twitter. That is an, <laughs> an indictment yep. on that paper. They don't even know what it means to be a journalist. And it's, uh, it's, it's just been one hit piece after the next. I should pull all of the headlines they've written about me since even before I ran for office, when they started attacking me when I was in the media, because I was putting out information about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I was trying to help people, and they were writing hit pieces on me then. They are pushing an agenda and a narrative, and uh, I won't do any interviews with them. I won't. I won't talk to that paper. And I, I you know, kind of like uh, Michael Corleone said, they're dead to me. There you go. You they're know, it's about time because there's, <clears throat> and, there's no and win. And it's going to be a long, yeah. it's going to be a long, long, dry eight years. If the people elect me for that paper, they're going to have to find a way to get information about me because I'm not talking to that paper. Uh, I, I, I think that's great. There is no, they, they don't, again, if they would be fair, anybody could ask questions, but they don't, I mean, going back to that interview you did outside of 2000 mules up in the Valley, uh, when, when you gave her 20 minutes and she was trying to ask you about DACA and I'm like, you gotta be like, that has nothing to do with the governor. They could ask you so many questions. I've interviewed well, you so many times about your policies. They've never done it once. We, we said, look, if you want to come and talk about our policy because you haven't reported on it at all, it's just been hit pieces, then we'll be happy to do an interview. So we, she says, all right, I want to come talk about your border policy. She goes into DACA, which is a federal issue, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can answer it. But every question she had, you could tell, was skewed toward a hit, a hit, a hit. And then she went off on, you know, everything else. The election. Hey, look, I never back away from talking about anything. If you ask me a question, I answer it straightforward. They're the ones who complain that I talk about the election, and then they're asking me questions about the election. So um, it's just incompetency. I don't. I, I've not yet seen anybody report fairly at that paper, other than just doing, um, like I said, hit pieces and, and attacks. Yep. And wow. so I, I just don't have an interest in that. We have too much on the line right now, and I know you know this, and your listeners to just be distracted with this nonsense. And I'm, I'm not going to take part in it. I'm going to take part in things that, are, that we're trying to, people who want to have real answers to the problems. And, and I know I kept you late. Real last one. Uh, yesterday, because this isn't really making it around, you appealed. Uh, the judge's ruling, a, 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 a liberal judge threw out the lawsuit you and Mark Fincham had challenging uh, voting, challenging the, uh, the electronic voting machines. Um, and it was really saying you didn't have a standing, but you're, you're a citizen. You vote. You, of course, you have standing. You're damaged by this. So you're appealing it. Uh, that's right. Is there anything new with that? Yes, there's nothing new. As a matter of fact, I talked to my attorney, um, and we are working on it. We're trying to figure out which route we're going to take in that. So I don't have anything new. Um, it's not dead. Uh, not on our end. We're still we're still going to move that forward. We're just trying to figure out the best route to take in moving that forward. I wish it was moving faster. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, obviously we we didn't win, so we're going to have those machines. But we're going to look for. And I don't want to kind of tip my my cards here. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'll I'll you. wait until it happens, and I'll you'll be the first to know. How's sure. that? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Again, this is to get a hand count. <clears throat> and if it doesn't happen now, I mean, I can't wait for you to get into office and good conservatives and good leadership with Chaplick and hopefully Warren Peterson. And you do so many things so quickly that they can't concentrate on anything to attack. And then before you know it, you've done all these things. And after a month and a half, you end the session, you're done, you go home. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> 
That's, It'll be great. That'd be awesome. And, you know, they're going to have whiplash over in the, you know, these uh, leftists in the news media are going to have whiplash. We're going to be moving fast. So, um, but we, that, that case, we are going to appeal it and we will work to get rid of those electronic voting machines because even our friends on the, on the left don't like them. And as you saw in Tucker Carlson's opening, um, uh, you know, salvo last night, he showed all those sound bites of Kamala Harris saying, I witnessed it. They hacked the, the electronic voting machine right in front of my eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's several minutes of, of Democrats saying the same thing. So we can't have these, these machines. Nope. They don't work. They're easily corrupted. The Chinese are making the parts for them. It's, it's insanity if we continue using them. Yep. You're right. There's a 10 minute, 10 minute video on YouTube of that. It was, it was insane to watch. It was glorious. Actually. I, I enjoyed every second yeah. of it. They're, they, they're amazing how they were against it. Um, Carrie, I, I'm, I apologize for keeping you long, um, but we will definitely talk to you soon. Congratulations on, uh, again, it's about time Tucker saw what the rest of us have seen. And I think, <laughs> I think more are going to start doing it as well. I mean, again, it, it amazes, not just because you've got great policies and it's interesting, but you know, you, you're in TV, you need ratings. And you know you generate eyeballs and ears, uh, and, and it's amazing yeah. that they that they and you did all this without even going on Fox News, really, except for a couple of times on Maria Bartiromo's show. So uh, kudos to you, and um, I know we will probably thank see you, you so soon, much. of course, and and we will definitely talk to you soon. And thank you for the time; I appreciate it. Great, I'll be down a couple more times in Tucson. I'll let you know next time. All right, very cool. Thank you, Carrie. Take care. Okay, thank you. you bye bye. We will continue. I am late as hell, but uh, it was worth it. We'll continue. It is KNST.